I don't usually have this good mic. I'm normally on the phone and you can't hear this shit. I do this shit every week. I know, we can normally... We, we can still fucking hear it, mate. It's just not as prominent, right? How big your fucking glass of wine? Yeah. Fuck me! It's it's that was dead set. That was the naked gun pissing scene. It was. You're fucking dripping us, mate. Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates review and discuss movies that mean the most to them. Well, hello there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again, Born to Watch time. My name is Whitey, and I'm your host for this week's episode. And today, we're doing a little bit of something out of left field. We're getting out of the 80s and the 90s, and we're hitting into the 2010s to the Irish film The Guard. Made in 2011, we're going to be dissecting this modern masterpiece, some of us will call. Some other of us may have only seen it for the first time. Two of us have seen it plenty of times. We'll let you guys be the judge on that. I'm going to play my cards pretty close to the chest this week because usually I give it away pretty early, but I may have already by saying masterpiece, but we'll just we'll just see how that flows. What do you reckon, Gal? Yeah, great to be back again. This is a great movie. One of my one I've been looking forward to for a long time, I'll tell you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm sure that you have. I'm sure that you have. As I said, I do tend to suffer from a bit of premature adulation, but I'm going to try and play this one pretty close. Look. A lot of people struggle with British films, and it might be the accent, it might be the dry humour. I don't know. I think the guard is right up my alley. What do you reckon, Morgs? Fucking not British, it's Irish, isn't it? Well, British Irish, isn't it the same thing? But it's like American Canadian. They're all the fucking same, aren't they? That bit is true. But no, I, I think well the director, John McDonough, McDonough is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Yeah, yep, that sounds good to me. McDonough, yeah, he's actually, he holds dual passport, so you may have actually unfucked up this for the first time ever, but uh, I'd call it an Irish film, but the guy holds English and Irish passport, so you can slip that ignorance through the uh, the whole of respectability there. It's 100% an Irish film. Oh, no, I've got no, I did call it an Irish film at the start. I'm just calling it British, Irish. I'm, I'm covering all the bases, right? UK. Okay, it's, well, yeah, righto, fair enough. It's a British Lions film. Does that work? Yeah, there you go, British Lions. There we go, there we go. Okay, so look, last week we unveiled two new categories to great success. Stan Bush's kick-ass credit song is an epiphany, one of the greatest categories ever to don the jersey in a podcast. Morgs crushed it this week after last week's very high bar. It's me on the pedestal for the Stan Bush kick-ass cricket. Oh, fucking hell. For the Stan Bush kick-ass credit song, I'll tell you what, it was fucking difficult. How, Morg- do, you, how do you reckon you went with it? How do you think, Morgs? What do you think? How, do, how, does, how does Don't Want to Read My Tombstone go in the, in the pantheon yeah. of Morgan oh. songwriting efforts? I fucking pissed it in. It was about a 2 out of 10 effort and it got a 10 out of 10 response. So wait till I do a 3 out of 10. But special thanks to the feedback I got on the new segments from on the line. And also special thanks to the guys at Dan Murphy's who heard the show last week and uh, sent me a case of cat amongst the pigeons to Raz. So uh, it's a great quaffer. Thank you, Dan Murphy's. And uh, if anyone else out there wants to send me free piss, just get in contact with one of these two gibbers on the line. Or at our MySpace page, yada yada yada, whatever, free piss. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. You're a, you're a credit. You're a credit to the team. Of course, here in the uh, the studio is the number two, the stats man, Mido, 
as he's known. Gow, how are you, mate? Good. Meadows here. Shout out to you, Damo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, mate, it's going to be a good one tonight. I look forward to getting your feedback on the guard, Gow. And, uh, of course, the man on the land, Morgs, who's up there sucking copious amounts of red wine. How are you, bud? My big week on the land this week, digging trenches with the meat and uh, running ag pite and uh, also increased my poultry holdings. Uh, got quite a few head of chicken now, but uh, there's always something to do on the farm. But, yeah, very excited. Great flick. Let's get into it. So, Gal, tell us about the movie again. Well, with the tagline, the FBI is about to discover that things work a little different around here. Sergeant Jerry Boyle is a small-town cop with a confrontational personality, a subversive sense of humour, a dying mother, a fondness for prostitutes, and absolutely no interest whatsoever in the international cocaine smuggling ring that has brought FBI agent Wendell Everett to his door. However, despite the fact that Boyle seems more interested in mocking and undermining Everett than in actively working to solve the case, he finds that circumstances keep pulling him back into the thick of it. First, his new partner disappears, then his favourite hooker attempts to blackmail him into turning a blind eye, and finally the drug traffickers themselves try to buy him off as they have every other member of the local police force. These events unwittingly offend Boyle's murky moral code. He realises that he needs to take these matters into his own hands. So, Gow, having seen this movie, obviously now for the first time, did the synopsis hit the spot? Yes, I think it does hit the spot. Uh, It really starts off with Brendan Gleeson in this really great role that he plays. Uh, I've got to say at the start when I started watching it that I wasn't that into it to begin with, but as the movie wears on, he just is so good in this role that he, he really takes it takes it away and, and the interaction with Don Cheadle is really good and it sets it up for the for the rest of the movie. I, it's sort of taken me a little while. I, I finished it and then I sort of sat on it for a little while and wasn't sure how I felt. But Don't give too much away yet, Gail, because we've got, we got all the categories yeah, to go right. through. So let's listen to the trailer. Sergeant Jerry Boyle, cop shop. Oh, was it a sheep or something? It's a lamb. I mean, what would his parents think? I've got some information about that murder last night. What murder? How many murders have you had in the last 24 hours? Well, that's for us to know and you to find out. Only wish they brought me handcuffs. <laughs> I don't think your mum would be too pleased about that now. Head in to attend a briefing from a fella who's over from the FBI. Now, these men are highly dangerous in the vicinity of $500 million worth of cocaine on board. Yes, Sergeant. I thought only black lads were throat dealers and Mexicans. Apologize to the man. Apologize for what? For your racist slurs, for one thing. I'm Irish, sir. Racism is part of my culture. I'm only having a bit of fun, like, don't mean nothing by it. So I thought we might start by canvassing the neighborhood. It's chilly out, huh? Sorry, you lost me at we. And I was wondering if I could ask you a few questions. It was a Gaelic-speaking region. Didn't I teach you that at Langley? How you doing, sir? Sir, Langley's the CIA, you idiot, not the FBI. No, I can't tell if you're really dumb or really smart. You yeah, all right? A milkshake headache. Look at it, they're here. You ever been shot before? Yeah. Does it hurt? Did you grow up in the projects? No, I did not grow up in the projects. I actually come from a very privileged background. Some in the Hamptons, skiing in Aspen. Thought black people couldn't ski. 
or is that swimming? Okay, yeah, great trail of that. I really love the guard. I'm going to get off early again. It's a bit of that uh, premature adulation that I'm that I'm known for. IMDb rate this movie at seven point three out of ten. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's low. Uh, gets better though. Ninety four percent tomato meter rating, and also an eighty one percent audience rating, which I actually think is pretty low as well. What What is an eighty one percent audience rating? Look, I've got no idea. So IMDb at seven point three is pretty low. Oh, look, I would think uh, for the movie, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And, and look, it's got to be, Prime DB, it's got to be a pretty damn good movie to get over eight. Right. Look, 7.3 I think is low for, for this movie. I think this movie is a better movie than a seven out of ten. Because most of the reviews that I've seen or looked at are, are really, you know, really poor, you know, yeah. really positive. And, and I think it's, it's, I guess it's a bit like Step Brothers, where this movie could easily divide the public more. What do you think? It's not everyone's, not everyone's cup of tea, the humour. I think that's the problem. I think it's not made by the the Marvel knobs, or or it's you know it's it's just it's a bit different, and it's unfortunately systematic of the film industry now. Is you don't get quirky little gems like this anymore, and uh, it, it it's very sad how many people haven't seen this film because you need to see it. But yeah, I I saw that IMDb reference, and I couldn't pick a fault as to what people would dislike about the movie. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get further into that for sure. But, yeah, I thought all the ratings were low, but the audience score was was reflective of how great it was. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I definitely think that it's the it's the brand of humour. It's that British humour that not everyone gets. It's why, it's why The Office did so many seasons in the American version, yet does three seasons with Ricky Gervais. I just think not everyone gets it. It's why they remake The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo because people don't like reading subtitles. It's that foreign feeling that people don't quite get, I think. But for me, I'm a big British or an Irish movie fan, and I think this is perfect. This movie is so good. The humour is so dry. I love this movie. So, Gal, tell us about the cast. Well, there's a small cast in this movie. Not and not a lot of airtime except for the major players, but uh, but a, as I said earlier, a really fantastic performance in this from Brendan Gleeson. Now he's been he's been in a lot of movies, but I wouldn't say he's been a a star or, or the star of a lot of movies. Would you say that he's been not really? I think he's been in supporting roles or you know he's he's European films. You know he's Irish or English or he's a star he, in that. Wasn't he a Greek in Troy? Yeah. yeah yes. Yes, he was. Yep. He was. Yeah, that was, he, that was pretty funny. He's been in lots of – he was in Far and Away. He was in Braveheart. Had a good role as Hamish in Braveheart. In Michael Collins. Gangs uh, of New York. Gangs of New York. Mission Impossible 2. Oh, he's been – In Bruges. In Bruges. In Bruges. Calvary. Uh, he's, he's, he's in some great films. Well, a lot of, the, a lot of this cast have been either in, in Bruges or Calvary as yep. well. A lot of the people in here. Definitely. He's in Harry Potter. He's Mad-Eye oh, well, Moody. He's Mad-Eye Moody in all the Harry Potter movies. Yep. He was actually a teacher for 10 years before he became an actor. He's, he only started acting at the age of 34. Okay. He's actually father to Dom Hall, or Dom Hall Gleason, Gleason, yeah. who's the, the terrible villain in the new Star, uh, Star Wars movies. Well, next up we have Don Cheadle. Another, another really good performance here, a great foil to Brendan Gleason's character. And yet again, a guy that's been in a lot of movies that wouldn't say he's been a star of a movie, but he's definitely been in a lot of supporting or, well, I, I know, guess, good roles. I guess the, his starring turn is Hotel Rwanda. Well, that's true. Sorry, forgot other about than, that one. Other than that, 
he's a real good bit player. Like his his performance in Boogie Nights is amazing as the um you know the Afro American porn star cowboy. Yes. Yeah, that's it. High five shop yeah. owner. So good. In Boogie Nights? Yeah, in Boogie Nights, yeah. Buck Swope. Buck Swope. What a oh, name. Great fantastic. name. Good name. Hotel Rwanda. Name. I have not seen that for a while. I definitely don't watch that every year, but that's a great flick. Yeah, I, I think I've seen it once. I think it's one of those movies it's, that you watch once heavy, and you're yeah. like, ooh. You're like, yeah, I don't need to see that again. Wait, um, Don Cheadle got his start. He, he was in Fame. First show, he's in a couple of episodes of Fame. Stop it. No it was way. not. Played a cat called. I'm going to live forever. Oh, Jesus. Did he, wear, did he wear his, I don't know what that is. I think it's a, a, a D sharp. But did he wear his shorts over his trackies like, Le- like Leroy? Don't know. You hope he would have. Oh, uh, that'd have to be part of the contract, surely. Yeah. Played Henry Lee. Well done, cow. Well done. The famous Henry Lee. The famous Henry Lee. That's between you and the lady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also, it's funny here because in Ocean's Eleven, he plays a British guy putting on a very bad Cockney British accent. And here he's Mate, actually just referencing his, yeah. British in this whole fucking podcast when it has nothing to do with the podcast. It's in fucking Ireland, mate. It's got mate, nothing to do with British. Listen to what, listen to what I was saying, mate. He starred in Ocean's Eleven, where he played a British guy with a very bad Cockney accent, and here he's playing his normal American in a Irish movie. Okay. Does that work? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Moving on. What else has he been in? Out of Sight. He was Great in movie. Swordfish. Yep. Obviously in Ocean's 12. Halle Berry. Halle Berry's Ocean's 13. Yes. Yep. And he was obviously in Iron Man and the Iron Man movies yep. and all War the Marvel. Yep. He was... Rody Rhodes. He took over yeah, from. Rhodes took over from. Uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Anyway. Yep. They punted well, him. That's why they. That's why they punted yeah. him. And obviously in Captain America, he was in in a lot of those shows. Um, he actually worked as a stand up comic early in his career. Really? Yeah. Got Briefly. a lot. In, got a lot in common with Dan. Yes. Yeah. I can't, sure I can't we'll imagine him. I can't imagine him as a as a comic. Obviously, an unsuccessful one as he moved on. You see the TV show is in when they were consultants. I can't think of the name of it. With Kirsten no. Bell, he used to he buffed Kirsten Bell a heap of times on the show. <laughs> Lucky guy. No, yeah, I don't. I, can, I, I do I, not know I, what I that show actually, is. I could actually sort of see the cover of the show, but yeah, it was I can't remember good. what it was, it was called. I can't, yeah, it wasn't bad. I just they were yeah. management consultants, and just they used to rip heaps of freight out of companies doing absolutely nothing. But uh, it was a good show. Sounds familiar. So, yeah, keep going. Moving on, we come to Mark Strong. Really great English actor. Been in a lot of movies. Well, he starred in a lot of shows, I guess, in the UK that, that I haven't seen. But, uh, you know, when I was younger, but he was he was in Revolver. He played Sorter in Revolver, which is a great role. He was in Rock and Roller as Archie. Mate, um, was Rock and Roller the last best great Richie film? Of that style, yes. What, was, what has Richie done since then that was any good? Oh, Sherlock Holmes wasn't bad. Shit. No, nah, Sherlock Holmes isn't Shit. bad. Sherlock Holmes 2, not great. Shit. But I, but I agree. I agree. I think Guy Ritchie should know his wheelhouse and stick well and truly into it. Rock and Roll was awesome. The Gentleman, I don't know if you've seen that recently. Yes. Terrible. It's not one of his best. He's now. He almost feels like he's trying to rip himself off. Yeah, it's a you know pastiche I mean? of his earlier yeah. films. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mind The Gentleman, but, yeah, it's sort of trying to reach back for what he had. Yeah. 
in you know lock stock yeah in, in that sort of era Mark rock Strong, and roller it- I could I watch rock and roller every year for sure it's an over forty million yeah. for me it's fantastic yeah no it is good it is good but Mark Strong is a great bad guy one of the great bald actors and can wear the hell out of a wig when he has to he's great in Grimsby I was going to say Grimsby Sasha, has got the he's got the wig Sasha doesn't he Baron Cohen's brother and that yeah. scene in the warehouse where Sasha Baron Cohen has to suck the poison. Is one of the funniest things all time. For a terrible movie, that scene is all time. Aren't they meant to yeah. be the Gallaghers? Isn't that the whole, their characters were based on the Gallagher brothers? It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't well, surprise fuck, me. I'm telling you it is that. That was where you're meant to say. Okay, well then don't ask a fucking open-ended fucking question and just say they're supposed to be the fucking Gallaghers, all right, mate? Oh, copy that. It's feisty in here tonight. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so getting back to that, Mark Strong, he was in Sherlock Holmes as well. He's been in Robin Hood, Green Lantern, Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy, Zero Dark Thirty, um, The Siege of Jadotville. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I've heard that's really good. Had some really good uh, comments on that one. He's, he's what Morgs would call a jobbing actor. He's a jobbing actor. Yeah. He jobs Very the busy. fuck out of it. Very busy. Mate, uh, he actually got down to one of the final chances to play Anton Chigurh. In No Country for Old Men. Really? No yeah. shit. One of the last two. Wow. Which that's I think would be good, but I don't know. No. I, I don't, yeah. That's a mid one for you that's right there. He's pulled that one out. Mate, I don't, I don't know if I can see anyone other than Javier Bardem. No way. Oh, no way. He absolutely killed that, that role. Yeah. So One of the most iconic oh, characters in the Bad guy roles ever. One of the most iconic. And one of the most iconic hairdos. Yes. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Very good. Keep going, gal. Next up, we have Liam Cunningham. I so love, I love Liam Cunningham. Liam Cunningham is awesome. Really good. Really loved him in Game of Thrones. Yep. So Davos Seaworth, great in that. Um, yep. He's in Clash of the Titans. Been in been in some other movies, but yeah, he's sort of he's same thing. He's been in, he's an, uh, an Irish he's, actor. He's, yeah, he's, been, he's, he's he's a lot of bit parts. Yeah, know? he's been a lot of shows. Lot yeah, of shot, shot of a lot of UK shows yep. and and um, series he's in over a great, there. He's in a great movie that's an older movie called Dog Soldiers. Where he plays, he's one of the army guys, and he's the and it's a it's a really good werewolf movie, right up your alley, Morgs. Uh, it's great, really, really good film. Worth one. You say skin dog soldiers. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's the story of Daniel Morgan. <laughs> it's an autobiography. <laughs> so who else we got, Gal? Uh, then we get down into some of the smaller roles in the movie. Rory Keenan, Lawrence Kinlan, David Wilmot. Well done. Got it right this time. Well done. Uh, yeah, and that's... So the, the, the male order bride wife, she's in Wolf of Wall Street, I think. Is she? Yeah, she I... plays John Bernthal's wife or girlfriend, you know, the one they smuggle the money, and then she ends up boning... Full frontal nudity. Full yeah, she, frontal yeah. nudity. She ends okay. up boning the uh, Swiss banker. Because I was looking at her and I couldn't place her. Yeah. And I thought, I know she's been in something. I couldn't place where I'd seen her. Yeah. Probably from the agency. <laughs> Definitely from the agency on the wrong <laughs> night. Um, the other one was Gary Lydon. And he's got a really familiar face too. He was the he was the uh, inspector. Yep. The police chief. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb. And um, we'll get to his quotes soon yeah, anyway. So dumb. All right. Oh, well done, Gal. That pretty much takes us through the whole cast. You got any more information about 2011? I'm pretty sure you would, Mido. What do you got? Plenty of information. Yeah, bring it on. All right. Well, we'll, do, we'll go through the gross first. Yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll jump into that. So the gross. Wait, 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 wait. 2011. What were, you, what were you guys doing in 2011? Well, 2011, I, I had the video shop, so I was balls deep in movies. Yeah, I was. We'd had a, a 
we had Josh who wasn't even one yet, so I'm tipping I wasn't getting much sleep. I don't remember watching a lot of movies yeah. around then. Yeah. What about you, Morgs? What were you doing? Yeah, it was pre-kids, so I, I was just making my way in the business. So I was peddling scripts around town, and uh, yeah, how'd just, you go? Just, just anything, of... anything, anything catch in twenty eleven for you? Oh, look, was I it a good think, year? I don't think success should be determined by toughness or or writingness, like uh, like yeah, belts. I mean, I, I've got some, I got some stuff still in pre pre production. I, I I got a couple of scripts out there. You know, I focus on sport and Australiana. That's my that's my kind of shtick. So I've got. I've got one Oscar-worthy short about refugees and cricket and uh, one feature film about sick hunt freestyle motocross riders, uh, both ready to go. So if you're an executive producer like Don Simpson with heaps of freight and a predilection for botched penis enlargement jobs, then uh, please reach out by on the line. One of these knobs will give you the details. Uh, Gout, what else? What's happening? What happened in 2011? Well, we'll go back to where we were with the gross. So $6 million estimated budget on this movie made $19.5 million gross worldwide which is 20th out of all films in 1993, although a long way off off the top. But it actually was the highest grossing Irish independent film in history. And I think it still is, 2011. Wow. Okay. Not British. Not British, Not British, Irish. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. Um, but 2011 movies, Thor, 181 million. Um, the Artist, which scooped all the awards. Mate, and I'll tell you what, what a joke. What a joke that The Artist won all those freaking awards. This is a was that, a, is, was, was that the, the no silent movie? One? The silent yeah, movie. Silent. This is a way better movie than The Artist. Anyway, continue. Shits on it. Yep. A lot of these came out this year. Captain America, First Avenger, 176 million. The Help, 169 million. I didn't remember that the Help. That's not bad. That's that. not bad. Mm. Yep. The, the Lincoln Lawyer, Pirates of the Caribbean, On Stranger oh, Tides. All right, all Lincoln right. Lincoln Lawyer is right. a good movie. Yeah. I enjoy Lincoln yeah, Lawyer. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Fast Five, Cars 2. Warrior, one of your favourites, oh, Whitey. I love Warrior. Excellent gonna, movie, We're going to do Warrior on board to watch. Tom Hardy, great yeah. flick. Nick Nolte in, in what should have won him an oh. Academy Award. Should have Nick won Nolte's an got a big ball sack or something, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He does. Him and Warty. Is, is there some story about <laughs> him about having a huge sack? <laughs> he might have had the tuck. <laughs> anyway, continue. Warrior only did $13.5 million, which, Yeah, which, another, which is a really good movie, but... Underappreciated, Travis, yeah, underappreciated. Absolutely underappreciated movie, Warrior. On Warrior, I had the video shop when Warrior was released on DVD and Blu-ray, and that absolutely killed it on mm. rental. It was one of those movies that I pushed really hard, and it just kept flying off the shelves. It's a, it's a great movie. It's an it's awesome a movie. Really good movie. Yeah, I really, yeah. really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, we Tom Hardy's great in that. Awesome. Really good. Um, what else we have? Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Part 2. Transformer, Dark of the Moon. Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn. A lot of big budget movies in there. Moneyball came out, actually. Moneyball did $75 million. Another great movie. Great movie. Excellent great movie. movie, yeah. Movie. X-Men First Class. Green Shit Lantern. Movie. Yeah, so yeah. that's we're right in the middle of superhero heaven yeah. here, which I think is part of the reason why a movie like this didn't get the traction, because you really needed to be a tentpole film to really make any money. Yes, and it would have got a small, it got a small release. Yeah. But no, it got yeah. it got Ten. quite a lot of it got quite a lot of oh, nominations. I'll say it got one one BAFTA uh, nomination, but uh, but no no awards. Yeah, and I, I, you said it was yeah. You said before it was the biggest grossing Irish independent film of all time in history. Yeah, in wow, Irish I, independent. I mean, have, you, have you guys been to Ireland? Yeah, I went with you. I have not. 
Yeah, well, I'm using that answer, We've got to work on this setup did, a bit better. So, did uh, did anything happen in Ireland that we probably need to discuss? Oh, it's funny. You was it ask the that, great? Matthew. Is it the? Was there the great Belfast fart? Ah, oh, there's several things. I mean, I, I, G Money and I had many adventures around Ireland. We went to Dublin and cut sick, and went to Northern Ireland too. And uh, we saw Ben Tune and Tim Horan score right in front of us at Lansdowne Road at the '99 World Cup. Australia versus Ireland in rugby. That was amazing. Uh, Gow got threatened with a baseball bat when we were in Belfast one night. I went and watched uh, Friends with a chick on that same night uh, in the in the in the burbs of, of Belfast. And but by far the greatest thing that ever happened to us in Ireland was uh, at the, at the hostel in Belfast. And if uh, if you guys don't know the story and you wouldn't because you're just fans of the podcast, but me and G had been out on the source and uh, we'd had a million. Uh, we somehow we stumbled back to our hostel and uh, anyway, the hostels if you you backpacked around the world as these dorm rooms set up with these bunk beds all throughout and it's it's you know there's, there's beds for days. Me and Gail woke up the next morning were in separate bunks and hung over as balls in this dorm room and it was just the two of us and we woke up about the same time and sort of started whispering and chatting and massive hangovers. And uh, anyway, one thing you guys don't know about Gail is he's an exceptional fighter and he has, he's got everything. He's got great volume, great hold, clutch control. He's, Tone. Just, he's just really good fighter. Anyway, pitch. He, everything, everything. Yeah. And he, he decided, we're just the two of us in this dorm room, and he decides to drop this 12-second, three-octave masterpiece. Like, it was just, the most impressive fart you've ever heard, and I'm crying with laughter. And he's just letting it go. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, I'm weeding myself laughing, and suddenly we hear from a couple of bunks down, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it seems we weren't the only two in the dorm room that night. So, wow, it, uh, it just made it even better. But, yeah, Gail and I have been to Ireland we didn't see much. We just got really pissed, and uh, yeah, that was it. A lot of harp lager the, in there. The fart heard around the world. Okay, well, I guess that sort of brings us to over and under. And this is an interesting one because obviously Gow is one, so we'll just get him out of the way. Movie came out in 2011. Morgs, how many times do you reckon you've seen this? I've put over and under 20. I reckon that's high. I reckon we can probably go over and under 13. Yeah, I, I reckon I've seen it. I reckon I've seen it 15 times. Yeah, I think I'd be around. I'd be over thirteen, so I'm happy to go with about fifteen. It's once a year, and maybe a couple in the early days. That's that's more than once a year. Yeah, well, it is. Yeah, well, it's eleven plus a couple in the early days. So yeah, we're looking at. I'm happy with fifteen. That'll be that works out for me. All right, let's slide into the good, the bad, the ugly. What you've all been waiting for, and we just inch closer and closer to kick ass credit song. I reckon we'll start with Morgs. This is a Morgs favourite. Morgs, what do you got for good? Oh, look, I, I make no secret that I think this this flick is way underappreciated and fantastic. I think the dialogue, the script writing, really makes this uh, gives up something new every time I see it. It's so dry and funny. Just just bloody watch it if you haven't. I love all the Irish characters. Um, I love the Devo photographer. I love the little kid on the bike. <laughs> I love the IRA guy. I love the dr- I love all the drug smugglers. I love his mom. I love the cops. I love the hookers. Everyone's just fucking perfect. Yeah, look, uh, just the the screenwriting. I think we we spoke briefly about the McDonough brothers. Um, John obviously directed and wrote this film, but 
two of my favourite films ever, which uh, The Guard is one of them, but Three, Bill, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri is another one, which is written Great by his movie. brother. Uh, and, and that's fantastic as well. Francis McDormand, Sam Rockwell, Caleb Landry-Jones, who was recently in Nitrum, which you guys uh, obviously love as much as I do about the last mass shooting in Australia before we got rid of all our guns. Woody Harrelson, Abby Cornish, just an outstanding flick. But anyway, back on track. Just a great film. I just really love this film and everything about it, I think, shines. Yeah, look, Gow, as a, as a newcomer to the movie, what do you think was good about it? I think I said earlier, I really liked the interaction between Brendan Gleeson and Don Cheadle. I yeah. think the dry lines that uh, that he comes out with as Jerry Boyle, Brendan Gleeson, it just it just makes the movie. He's got so many good you know scenes in this and one-liners, and, and the foil of him against Cheadle is, is really good. John T- Don Cheadle plays that sort of straight-laced really well with him. Yep. I like that. And I, I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but I really like the ending, how the, how the movie ended up. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, think it, I think it was well, great I the way they went well, out. We, we, we do give away spoilers here, Gary. And I think that's what's special about this movie is that, and this is, I think, what is special about every film that's not a blockbuster made in the US is that they're not afraid to go against the norm. And, and leaving it up to us to decide what happens at the end is one of the greatest parts. Whereas if it was a, if it was a blockbuster or if it was made in the US, it would be spelled out for us. They would tell us whether he lived, whether he died, what he was doing the next day. I think the best part the best part of this movie is that it's left up to to us to decide what happens. Absolutely, yeah, yeah great call. Yeah, look, I, look, it's very difficult because a lot of the quotes that I have are scenes, and some of the good that I have, I think I laughed out loud the first murder scene where he's fiddling with the corpse. I just found that to be fucking hilarious. The guy does not know how to take it. And it's, you know, it's, he's got a gift. I thought that was It goes against hard. every film trope we've ever seen where, you know, they yeah. don't they don't tamper with the corpse. So it's just it's, yep. it's brilliant. Absolutely. So he's brilliant. taking he's taking the Bible pages out of the mouth and he's throwing them on the ground. It's just like everything is the opposite. And he, he just Jerry doesn't give a shit. He no. just does he dances to the beat of his own drum. He doesn't care. Doesn't care at all. Does and and care. that's what and that's, you know, they make that character he plays it so well, but they make it so good because he doesn't care about a lot of these things. And then they interact that with him going to see his mum and sneaking her in a, a bottle of whiskey because she's terminally ill. Well, you know, and and the and the loving scenes that he sits there with her. So it sort of shows the softer side of him. But but it's this it's it's this moral ambiguity. Yes. throughout the whole movie, yeah. where he's this lawman, but he doesn't mind the he doesn't mind buying his sex life. He doesn't mind stealing the drugs from the kids and taking the acid. He doesn't mind doing all this. You know, he he knows the price of cocaine on the street. Because he's not paying that for the cocaine, yeah. right? And so it's this moral ambiguity through the whole film. But at the end of the day, he wants to stop this. He's a lawman. He's going to do what's right. Well, and or I think what that, he that's, thinks yeah. is his version of right. And that gets to the ending where he's on his own, and he says, yeah. "Like, well," and he thinks he's got to go do it. He could have yeah. just left that. The other cops are gone; they've been paid off. But he sort of goes, "No, that's not the right thing to do." And is it a former? And, and this actually, we'll bring this up here because is his mother dies. He, it's very, uh, I guess. He's very businesslike about very it. Very matter of fact. Matter stoic. of fact. Stoic. 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 Packs, the, packs, the, packs, packs the suitcase, leaves. Shakes his doctor, hand. Shakes the doctor's hand hmm. and walks out. And then it's like, okay, now it's it's time to break up this smuggling ring. Is he going to? Is he committing suicide? Do you think he's committing suicide? I, I think he thinks that he's not going to come out of that and he's okay with that because he thinks it's not right. Yeah. And so they set me, it up already by saying that all of his colleagues are all on the take. He's, yes, uh, yes. He's the lone man in town. That's it. His moral yeah. compass may be skewed, but he's got this one 
compass uh, true north for him, and that's that I'm not I'm not going to take money off these scumbag drug runners. So yeah, I, I think that's a good take. I, I think it's interesting, and I, I love the fact that it doesn't treat us like dumbasses, and we, oh, we get to decide that ourselves. It's it's, it's, it's the best part of the movie. It doesn't spell anything out for you. You get to decide. So that there, that was me watching that again last night, going. I actually really think he's he knows he's the last man in town. He knows he, he thinks John Cheadle's left. He's the last guy left. He's the only honest pl- person in town. He's going to go and either break this up or die. And if he commits suicide, well, that's the way it is. Well, this is why he goes and puts his suit on. I think he thinks this is yeah, it, this you know. It. And I'm probably not coming back. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to get my proper uniform out and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to arrest him yeah. for these murders. This this is his gunfight at the OK Corral. Yeah, this is it. This is his big play. He's either it's either all in or all out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that blew me away. I thought that was great. I, I love that they don't play us for fools. That's so refreshing. So, it's, it's refreshing. Exactly right, mm. Morgs. Good, good one. I love the briefing, the first briefing where we meet Don Cheadle. Oh, and my it, God. Mate, it is so fucking good. Like his comment of, I only thought black lads were drug dealers, is, is so perfect. And the, and the reaction that John, Don Cheadle gives. And then his excuse of, well, we're Irish. We're all racist. Yeah, it's part of my culture. It's just part of my culture. And then his comment about this, I don't know what you're paying for your cocaine on the street, but yeah. I'm not paying for mine. I'm not paying that much for mine. Like, it's just, it's so dry. It is so on point. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then it's its that you can tell that already there's a, or even though he's intrigued, Don Tittle's intrigued by this Sergeant Jerry Boyle. And just that in the car ride, well, you know, I can't tell if you're really motherfucking dumb or really motherfucking smart. And how they hark back to that at the yeah. end where he's really fucking smart. Yeah. And right? that's what I had in the notes too. You know, when they when they when he's talking to the photographer and the kid on the on the dock and they're sort of like, Oh, are you sure about that? Yeah. And they walk up and then it harks back to that and you sort of go, Ah, oh, well and then I noticed that he he'd moved his head in the original scene. I went back and yes. had a look and you're like, Ah, oh, yeah, okay. No, very clever, very clever. Yeah. And my probably my last favorite bit, and again I'm I'm stealing some of the quotes, but just when he answers the door in his red undies, yeah, to the wife, yes, and he and he thinks there's been a misunderstanding. Sorry, yeah. there must have been a misunderstanding with the agency, <laughs> and you don't really know what he's talking about until the next day when he's got his day off. Yeah, and you're like, oh right, okay, you understand he's probably you know he's into the hookers and blow, but it's uh, uh, just I just uh, again out loud. But then he then he walks back in and says, oh, I'll go and put on something a little less comfortable, and comes out with that blue <laughs> that blue flowery robe thing. Yeah, full, it's like a kimono. Yeah. It's a full-on kimono. It's the best. That's hilarious. Nah. Oh, it's it's so subtle. This film is so subtle. It's brilliant. What about the scene? And I like this. I laughed at this one. When they go to get the dead body and he takes them in there and they, they pull the zip back and then he flicks the guy's foot with his finger and then he slowly sniffs it and gives it a wrong head shake. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's good. And the first scene too, the very first scene when yeah. they when he gets to the car crash, yeah, and he just looks at their pockets, yeah, finds the drugs straight away, doesn't doesn't care that they're lying on the road. Just... No, but throws away the shit he doesn't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throws away the shit he doesn't want. Again, it's that moral compass. He'll yeah. only do this, but he won't do that. You know, it's uh, very clever, very very good. Uh, you got anything else for good boys? Oh, I've got I got one thing. I got one more thing. I think this movie is ninety five minutes long. It's the perfect, yeah, the perfect length 100%. for this film. There's, it, no, there's no dead wood in nah, this film. It just I, goes I, perfectly paced. Yeah, and I think I think we spoke about this last week with with Tombstone, where there was there's a little bit of fat on the bone with Tombstone that could be trimmed. 
Here, every single scene is for a purpose. It's like the thing. There is no fat on the bone. This is lean. So I have a, I have a theory on that. So the, the director, the writer, John McDonough, he, he comes from a theatre background and it's just, the, you know, if it, if the scene isn't doing a, uh, isn't driving the narrative. And moving the story, yeah. Not, it's not part of that, the, the theatre, and it's it's not something you would write for you as a playwright. So I think yeah. he's just transcribed that to his screenwriting career, and uh, it's a, I 100% agree. There's just You would not drop one scene, one piece of dialogue. No. There's nothing that is fat on the bone. It's, in uh, it's in fact, so in fact, it sort of left me wanting a little bit more. Well, I was going to go into here into the into the bad. Are we done with good? Yeah, I, I think we're done with good, yeah. Because I want to go into the bad. Jude. Because... I, I thought there wasn't a lot of character development for the bad guys, for Mark Strong for, for, and, and the other guys there. Like, you didn't know much about them apart than they were, you know, bad guys for hire Yeah, um, that, that got into this drug game, but you didn't know much about them and they didn't really tell you that much. So while there was no fat on the bone in the movie, I, I could have done a little bit more because I don't think it really took them or didn't give them enough of how, how bad they really are. It sort of glossed over that. Yeah, d- yeah. definitely. But then on the, on the flip side of that, the story's not about the bad guys. It's not. The story's not about the bad guys. The story's about Jerry. Hmm. And the story's about his road to some sort of moral redemption. So the bad guys are just a means to an end for his journey. They're comic you falls know, as well. Like I, I, I enjoy well, all absolutely, the Absolutely. They're, they're talking about their philosophy, favorite philosophical quotes and just, you know, yeah. Would, yeah. obviously uh, a, a chance for the screenwriter to flex his, uh, his comic muscles there and, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's a shit call, Gal, and uh, yeah, totally disagree. I must say, I do like the scene when they're when he's handing over the money, and um, and he's um, and they're standing up there. And he says, "Is it all in there?" And he just goes to town. On oh the yeah, like, just I yeah. know. Oh, Mark Strong is very good. yeah, really good, really, good. really fucking good. He's got so much attitude. So, uh, which uh, one is it? Is he good or not, Jude? No, I said I think he's a good actor. I think he's great in it. I think they could have developed the characters a bit more. I think the actors were great. Yeah, I, look, I, I hear what you're saying, Gal. I, I, but I, I sort of say that I don't think it's, I don't think it was, it's not enough in there to be bad for me. I think that I, I've got nothing for bad. This is this is one of those rare things where I've got nothing for bad. If I could really be bad, I could say, well, I could have done with seven or eight more minutes of Wendell and and Jerry. Like I could have done a bit more. I could have done them at the bar getting drunk and more abuse of each other. I could have done with more of that, but. It might have detracted from the, the pace of the movie. So again, ninety five minutes is is the perfect for, amount of time for this film. It's slick. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hang. No. So Morgan, you'd have nothing for bad. Zero. You got anything for ugly? Yes. Please. What the fucking? I'm talking to the born to watch listeners with this. What is fucking ugly about this movie? Is not enough people have seen this movie and. I'm saying you've all fucked the film industry by watching Marvel movies and Chris Pratt movies and Jurassic Park movies and not watching this fucking movie. It's all on you. Be fucking better at watching movies, you complete knobs. Yeah, look, and we're not directing that at all our fans because I'm sure some of them have seen Every single fan that is directed (laughs) at. Stop watching the MCU. Watch movies like this, you fuckwits. Well, I think I I was in an interesting position because – Obviously, when I had the video shop when this movie came out, that I got direct access straight away. So I'd read something about it. I'd seen it. I thought, I'm going to watch that. I loved it. I recommended it. to. It was one of these movies where it made me look like a superstar by being able to recommend it to people that had no idea about it. So 
Yeah, I agree. If you've not seen this and you're listening to this, go and find the guard. I think it's on I think it's on Prime. You can buy it on Prime. And it's also on Apple TV, I believe. If not, find it any way you can. There's yeah, a million it's, it's an Apple it. TV rental. Yeah, you can rent yeah. it and it's like three bucks. It's well worth it if you've not seen it. Settle down with a a, a bottle of cow bommy with a stir fry chicken and just love it because you will. There's no doubt. Good luck, mate. I, I must luck, say, mate. I, I watched it I watched it on the weekend, then I watched it again or most of it again, and I actually enjoyed it more the second time, just picking up a few more things and, and actually yeah. understanding a bit more of the plot because I, I missed a bit of it with the accent in the first ones. It, it can be hard to follow a little bit, um, and it picked us on it the second time, but it's one of those ones that definitely grows on you. Yeah, I think it's a definite multi-watch film to get mm. the most out of it. Don't watch it once and think, well, it's okay. Give it another crack, and trust me, you'll – your eyes will be opened and you will absolutely fall in love with this film. It's amazing. So I think that's it. I don't think, yeah, you got nothing for ugly? No, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was easy. So it was really just goods. So now let's um let's let's roll in to listen to this. This is another one of Mido's favorite uh segments. I've got a couple of things here, but Gao, take us away. What do you got? I had look, there's not a lot. We we've hit a few things in here, but there's not a lot in there. Um this is the fourth movie that Brendan Gleason and Liam Cunningham have done together. Brendan Gleason in this movie, kills David Wilmot, shoots, shoots him in the chair. In the general in 1998, David Wilmot shoots Brendan Gleeson because he's an assassin in that movie. So they actually switch roles, yep. which is kind of a nice, a, a nice coincidence. Yeah, okay, I've got something. Near the end of the movie when uh, Wendell and Jerry are having their discussion on the, on the pier and they're about to attack the boat, which – Tell me if I'm not wrong, but how reminiscent of the usual suspects is that whole fucking scene? But yeah, anyway, absolutely. We'll, we'll right get call. to that. But he's talking about have you been shot? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I've been shot. He's like, does it hurt? Yeah, fucking hurts. And, and then so then sorry, Jerry. Then suddenly Jerry's getting a little bit freaking uh, worried about it, how much it's going to hurt when he gets shot. But he says, well, how many times have you been shot? He goes, I've been shot three times. Now, in the movie Out of Sight that Don Cheadle stars in, his character shot three times and is killed. So whether that's done on purpose or I think it's too close to the bone too, for it not it's to. too much of a coincidence. Too much of a coincidence to not be done on purpose. It's a good little, it's a, just a good yeah. little good little in there. Yeah, good little research in there, yeah. for yeah. sure. The other one, yeah, and I don't know, have you started watching The Boys yet? No, no, okay. not yet. So we spoke, I think Sloan was watching The Boys when we had him on as a guest for. Yes, uh, he was. Yeah, Commando, he did say yeah. that. Yeah. So Dominic McElligout who is the hooker that is the blonde one in the in the cafe scene, which mm-hmm. is one of the great scenes of the movie, mind you, when he gets the ice cream fucking headache yep. from the milkshake. Amazing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He goes, I think I'm just going to sit here. It'll go away. Right? <laughs> Not talking about the fucking bribe he's been given, right? So fucking clever. So clever. But she actually goes on to star in The Boys as Queen Maeve, and also she's in House of Cards. Let's move into Quotables Gow. And this oh. is this is difficult. I'm sure that Morgs has got a few. There's there's some funny ones like the scene the scene when they've got the um the dead body at the start when he's got the when he's got the pot plant in front of his nuts. Yep. And he just and Boyle's looking and goes, he's a good looking lad, lovely lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love how dumb he's. I love how dumb the partner is. He's like. It could be, you know, eight and a half, uh, the Fellini movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you just going to keep naming movies with with numbers in the title? <laughs> so good. Yeah, I, I've got, I've got, you know, I don't know what street you're buying your cane on, but it's not the same street I'm buying mine. And then, and then the bit that I actually again laughed out loud when he, is when he's talking to the gun 
he's selling the guns to that guy and he's like there's gay lads in the IRA yeah, yeah. and he goes it's the only way we could infiltrate the MI5 <laughs> Oh fucking hell! I'd forgotten that. I was pissing oh. myself. He delivered when he said pan. It was just brilliant. Oh, yeah. God, my, that's so my favorite clever. line in the in the movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. What about when he's sitting on the bed with the two hookers, and he takes the top off, and she? Oh, now it can be real that I have very small breasts. That's okay. I have a very small penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that's a good scene at the end. He goes, "I've been drained of all my jizz." <laughs> What about when he's talking to McBride's wife? He's gay. You know, when one man puts his, I'm familiar with the mechanics, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about when he's talking about the F, when he's talking about Wendell, he goes, he hasn't had that much fun since they burned those kids in Waco. <laughs> and he's talking to Wendell, he says, how was your day? Energetic. Listen, something has come up and it's not, not just talking about my cock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Oh, and gobshite. Underutilized word, oh, although used a few times in this movie. No, it's just it's 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 so quotable. This film, there's so many good so many good scenes. I find that the quotes just extend out to be just quality movie scenes where the whole thing it's back and forth. Like the I guess the the gun transaction is is probably a highlight where it just it's both guys just going at peak performance, deadpan performance, and just peak. It's it's I think I agree, Morgs. I think that's the best part of the movie. That's my favorite scene. I like actually there's one more. I like it with Liam O'Leary, who's the killer. Yep. You know, he's like when they get when they say they're going to knock off Brendan Gleeson. He's like, why is it always me? Because you're a psychopath. No, I'm not. I'm a sociopath, not a psychopath. They explain that to me in Mountjoy. But what's the difference? Don't know. It's a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> self awareness. Self baddies with self awareness. We love it. We love it. All right. Well, that's 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 enough quotes. I think. I think we covered the bases there. There's. Again, it's a great movie. There's heaps more in there. This How far is, off the song are we? We're not far off the song, but first we're going to go to Film School for Fuckwits. Smogs, take it away. Ex- excellent intro. Look, uh, uh, this week, uh, delve into a bit of my experience in the industry, and I thought we'd take a look at film tropes because uh, while this is, it feels like a unique movie, it still relies on quite a few film tropes you might have seen in uh, in films. So if you don't know what a film trope is, a film trope is a consistent use of uh, characters or situations, settings, time periods, or that sort of stuff across a specific genre. So uh, the words has come to be used for common recurring rhetorical devices or motifs or even cliches within creative work. So uh, an example of a film trope is like horror movies, I guess, uh, uh, there's pretty common uh, tropes like jump scares. You always see a jump scare in a, in a horror movie where you know that something's going to happen and then straight away it's like, ah! and uh, you, you end up jumping back from the screen or haunted houses. That's a, that's a trope in a horror movie. Or the final girl. Um, which it refers to. There's always that last woman in a slasher film that is the you know the the last person. Yeah, yeah, okay. There. We get fucking tropes, mate. Move on. All right. All genre films have tropes, and uh, I, I guess with the guard, it's a new take on a genre. But it's kind of a buddy cop movie, which is a film trope in itself. Yep. And Don Cheadle's character is a fish out of water, which is a very common trope. So. I guess uh, what, what's probably not as common now, and a great example of a trope in the guard is it's known as Chekhov's gun. Uh, which, stay with me, it's a dramatic principle that suggests that details within a story uh, will contribute to the overall narrative. So 
it encourages writers like myself to not make false promises in the narrative by including uh, ex, extemp- I can't even say this fucking word extemporaneous details that won't ultimately pay off by the last act, so the, the, the last chapter or the conclusion. So Chekhov's yeah. gun. So and it's the example in in the guard is when Jerry re- returns the bag of guns to the IRA dude in his his little um beat up bug and his awesome hat. Um, it, there's a Derringer little pistol, a Glock and a Kalashnikov that, that are missing. And it turns out that Jerry keeps a hold of them and he uses the Derringer when he's scratching his crab yes. uh, cock in his trousers to um, to, to knock off uh, old mate the sociopath. Uh, but the other two guns also, they're used in the final shootout. He gives the, the, the Kalashnikov to Don Cheadle and um, and he uses the Glock. And uh, so that, that's an example where it's it, it pays off, I guess. it's uh, We see it. In, uh, earlier in the film and it pays off uh, in the end, so it's not a wasted scene. And another Chekhov, um, a Chekhov trope is Chekhov's skill, which is where we see Jerry, you know, when he's in the pub and he's drinking the pistol, yes. shooting the pistol shooting gun. Shooting the pistol yeah. gun, yeah. So yeah. It, it, kinda, it sets him up without saying it, without having to have uh, anyone explain what's going to happen. Shows him as quite a marksman and he uses that in that final scene where he's down at the wharf and he's able to shoot Mark Strong and all the bad guys and he's quite good with the pistola. So anyway, that's film tropes. So uh, we well, use a lot at- in – sorry. You no, got- that's all right. I was just going to say, look, we, we have mentioned Chekhov's before – in Born to Watch, we used it in Backdraft where I mentioned Chekhov's trick to chloride cans. Ah, oh, okay, there you go. I beg your pardon. Where we saw, where we saw, where we saw the the uh, the trick to chloride cans on on uh, the boat on the boat, on Kurt Russell's boat. So it has been mentioned, and we are there. It had, and that's a before. Example. Yeah, and we we do we use them a lot in the business, and it, it's to keep you buffets entertained and following the stories. So I, we're very lucky that we have such a you know eminent you know talent involved with the three of us because we just learn every week. That's it. And that's why it's called Film School for Fuckwits. And I'm sure you guys all know plenty more from the, the usual lovable B-movies that we celebrate. So do a bit of research and uh, get on the line and you can impress your mum. And uh, and anyway, that's Film School for Fuckwits. Well done, Morgs. We look forward to next week where you throw another serious side of yourself at us. We love it. We love hearing more about you in the industry. Uh, I, just, now, I just want people to learn. Uh, absolutely, and we do every week. Thank you. You're a man of the people. You are, mate. You are. Uh, let's move into Needle Drop, and this is actually a pretty cool one for this one because it's I'll, – I'll let Morgs run away with this to start with because I know he he loves the one at the very start, but uh, Morgs, what do you got in Needle Drop here? Who doesn't love NERD's rock star, right? No, no one ever really dies. Uh, what a fucking track, and that opens us up and, and sees us with that overhead shot as the boys are drinking <laughs> drinking whiskey and driving on the road. We know it's going to end poorly. It's when Jerry then turns up to the side of the crash and, and steals the pingers from old mate's pocket. But what a yeah. great track. And it just it's it's very incongruent to what you would normally see from an Irish yeah. film. And, yeah, very, uh, yeah loved yeah. it. And the very you know, the very first words of that song that come on the screen are, fucking posers. <laughs> that's, that's the so very true. first thing you hear. Yeah. But it's just, um, it, Another it, one was... In the in the in the diner scene, which we all love, that uh, the Tallahassee Bridge song, which is actually yes. Bobby Gentry, and it's called "Ode to Billy Joel." It's just a, and to have the characters discussing what's happening in the background. It's just a, it's a really cool play by the by the screenwriter, and uh, you know, I, I know I just my pants over it. it was good. Yeah, yeah, and of course you've got "Leaving on a Jet Plane" at the end by John Denver. Yeah, which really suits it. Does, I really like that in does. there. Do you think much you think, better than in that? Oh, you can't! Uh, you're going to steal it. You steal. You're going to steal it from <laughs> sorry, me. Sorry, no, you go, you go, you no, go. No, 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 you go, please, you go, please. 
<laughs> you go, please. So me and me and Gal, when we were on our adventures back in the day, not uh, not long before we ended up in Ireland and uh, and listening to the twelve second uh, three octave fart, we were actually in Canada and uh, playing a bit of semi professional rugby over there, and uh, we went out semi, with all the semi. boys from. Semi, semi. We went out with the boys from the team one night. We went to see a movie and it just happened to be... Armageddon. Armageddon. And uh, it was... They, the, the fuckwits all laughed when um, when uh, Billy Bob Thornton's talking about all the countries that eat shit and he talks about Australia and the whole audience cheered. But anyway, they, they <laughs> The whole cinema went up. The whole cinema, the whole cinema, cinema cheered. <laughs> and, yeah, we just... And then, yeah. and, then, and then three years later, they're all living in fucking Sydney. Yep. That's, that's yeah. it. But uh, they also use this track and they don't use it anywhere near as good as in The Guard. So get fucked, Armageddon, and uh, The Guard trumps you. Yeah, 100%. I'll tell you what I did like. Is in the shootout, and they had the Western music on. Yes, they just got oh, the yes. Western in the Excellent. background when Excellent. when they're when they're both, when they're shooting the Kalashnikov, and and he's just walking forward towards them, and those guys couldn't hit a barn door to save themselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, it, they it's, just got that good Western music; just fits the scene. But again, it's it proves this movie is just on point. It, there is nothing wrong with this film; it is perfect. Everything they do with it is is the right decision. It's great. All right, well, we know what comes after. Uh, the needle drop, it's what we've all been fucking waiting for and what I'm shitting my pants about, but it's Stan Bush kick-ass credit song, and tonight it's me. Very much looking forward to this. You've got to jump up to that bar. Yeah, look, the bar is very high, but I'm going to give it a crack. And, look, I tried to write something original with an original tune, but I couldn't quite get there in the end as this movie is not easy to to write a, write a song to. Look, it's not as easy as Tombstone, there's no doubt. So we've got to take... Don't want to read my Tombstone! Yeah, it's, it's, it's really... It's running up the charts, but we, we've got to take degree of difficulty in when we, when we talk about this song, which I have called Born to Pay for Pussy. And it is to the theme of... <laughs> and it is to the theme of, or the, the tune of, Born to Be My Baby from Bon Jovi. Oh, master lyricist. This is it. Master John of bon, the lack of subtext. John, well, it's going to continue. It's going to continue. Now, if you want to just cut in and have a sing when we hit the, uh, you know, we hit the chorus, feel free. You'll know the backing vocals that will need to be sung. But anyway, uh, here we go. Ready? Now, to the, to the tune of Born to Be My Baby, here is Born to Pay for Pussy. Work a job as an Irish god. It's fucking cold. I don't work that hard. My moral code can be questioned on high. I love drugs, love to pay for girls. Solving crime, I don't try that hard. I steal the drugs from the kids who have died. My new partner won't get out alive. He dies, his male order wife cries. Baddie smuggling drugs. Killing, bribing like thugs. But when Cheadle turns up, there's an unlikely friendship to start. Cause I was born to pay for pussy. Even though I'm Lord, don't give a damn. There is coke that must be snorted. We're gonna find the smugglers while we stand. I think that Cheadle is the reason I'm questioning my moral stance at hand. But I was born to pay for pussy. I'll empty all my jizz. Yes, that's the plan. 
Oh wow! Wow! <laughs> and we just rick it, we just we just roll straight into a Zambora solo. Oh, Zambora! Zambora. There it is. Well, Born to play for pussy. Fuck. Yes. Very woke. Very woke. <laughs> as well this played, movie mate. Is. Well played. That was excellent. Yeah. It's uh, look. It's it's probably not. Don't want to read my tombstone, but you know, it was not bad. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, that's a it solid was, effort. It was awesome, mate. Don't under yeah. don't underplay that. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, well done. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, let's 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 talk about star of the show. And no, it can't be me and born to pay for pussy. But Morgs, I'm going to lead off with you in this one. Who do you think star of the show in this one? Brendan Gleeson, just incredible. It, you don't need to look like Brad Pitt to carry a movie or Matt Gowan in 1994 when he was doing really well, very well. Yeah, it's Brendan Gleeson is the, by far the, the star of this show and just crushes it. Every line of dialogue is incredible. Brendan Gleeson, you won it for me. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna anyone's gonna go past Brendan Gleeson in this. I mean, he's the star. He's he hammers this role. It's great. Yeah, look, you could you could get a bit technical and go for the script writers or for the director, but no, no, no. Look, Brendan Gleeson just knocks it out of the park. He's he's dry wit. His delivery. Everything about it is just peak peak of his powers. This, I think this is his best role. He just crushes it. So Brendan Gleeson, three from three, well done. Final thoughts. If you haven't realised already, I think the three of us actually really love this movie. I know that me and Morgs really do. I think Gal is getting there. Coming uh, around. Coming around. He's, yeah. he's only two watches in, so he's got a bit to go until he can join the elite group of the multiple watches. But I think as he starts to watch it more, He'll he'll love it just as much. What do you reckon, Gal? Yeah, as I said, it's uh, it, you know after the first watch, I was a I was fifty fifty, and then I started thinking about it and kind of started laughing at some of the scenes, and and you know as I watched it again, it uh, you know you pick up some of the funnier bits. So yeah, I think it's it's cruel that not many people have seen this film. So I think go out and watch it. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. It's going to push you to be involved in the film. It's going to push you to make the decisions. It's gonna, it's not going to give you everything which I think is the best part of the film. I think that it leaves it open to your interpretation. And we haven't spoken much about the ending, and we won't. But it's going to leave it open to whatever, however you want it to, to finish, and I think that's the best thing. It doesn't play us for fools. It's just quality. Morgs? Yeah, it's criminal. Uh, everyone should go out and watch this if you haven't seen it. I, I make absolutely no, uh, no, no disguise of my love for this film. I think it's, I think it's flawless. I, uh, I, it's one of my top five films ever. You introduced it to me, Whitey, and uh, yeah, one of your best uh, suggestions ever. So loved it and go, just go and watch it. Yeah, absolutely. There's no other advice we can give, but you just got to make, make the effort and go and see the guard. Okay, guys, we're going to slide into the ratings and this is going to be an interesting one and we're going to start off with Morgs and we're rating this one as Derringers, the little gun that Jerry hid next to his schlong and his lice. And his lice to finish it finish off the assassin. So Morgs, what are you going to give this one? Ah, uh, this is four and a half derringers for me. I I think it's fantastic. Yeah, good call, Gal. Three and a half derringers for me. Three and a half derringers, okay. Half. Okay. I'm going with Morgs. I'm going four and a half. I've got no idea that's twelve and a half. You gotta work it out. You're the no, uh, you're the not, resident mathematician. No, not working it out. Not working it out. I'm getting my phone. So just bear with me, team. <laughs> so uh twelve point five. 12.5 divided by 3. 4.16. Derringers. Where's that going to sit at, Gal? It's going to sit Ooh. at 
just above Step Brothers at four pieces of white dog shit, but uh, below the thing at four and a half flamethrowers. So it's into third place. Okay, yeah, I think right that's, up there. Uh, Morgs, what do you think? You, what do you rate this and the thing? You've got it on par, four and a half, four and a half. I think. Yeah, I, you know, I. I want to – there's not many movies I'm going to give a five, so I, I didn't want to go off early. But uh, I enjoy this film ev- more every time I see it, and I've seen it a lot of times. So, yeah, I don't I, – all I would encourage is uh, is all the Bonder watchers out there, just go and watch this. You will love it. And then watch it again, and you'll love it more. And it just gets better every time. Yeah, it's excellent. It's well worth a watch. I think it's – it's again, we're crushing it in the, in the pantheon of – Oh, Bonder there it films. is. You haven't yeah. said Iconic today. No, we're going to, I'm leaving Iconic out. Uh, uh, there's, there's been about three Iconics earlier on. Really? Yep. Have I said Iconic? And there was already a Pantheon. Yeah, I know there I was a Pantheon. I used it with Good more. work stats. Yeah. Good work stats. Yeah, fucking yeah. Mido's all over it. I don't listen, listen to you guys. I just play my bits. Four missed tackles and uh, <laughs> four, four missed tackles and a forward pass. Yeah. Typical stats. Uh, okay, so what are we watching? Uh, are we watching anything Morgs on streaming or on, on what, you're, what you're doing? What you're doing? Just better call Saul. I'm just... just just gobbling up. Still the last going episode. through it, Yeah, quite it's a fan, It's fan bloody tastic. As as much as I recommend the guard, I recommend Better Call Saul. Okay, and Gal, what are you watching? I haven't watched much this week because it's been a busy week, but I have been rewatching Brooklyn Nine Nine. I've been going through a few episodes, which is such a funny show, and you can just turn it on twenty five minute episodes and, and watch a few of those. Yeah, it's one of the it's one it's of the great shows. One of the great shows, very light hearted, yeah. easy to watch. Yeah. But um, the terminal list is on for this week. Yeah, the terminal list and for you've, sure. And you've nipped my pick from me. I'm watching the terminal list. Oh, you are. You already five started. Episodes in, you're five in. Five episodes in. Uh, Chris Pratt. Even he's moved away from from Marvel for the moment. This is good. Terminal list is really, really good. Okay. Government conspiracies, Navy SEALs. It's a hard. It's a hard show, Gal. Oh, right I'm going to love it. You're going to love it. You are going to absolutely love is it. Is it like Sniper? <laughs> it's like Andy McNabb books, Gal. Yeah, oh. it is. That's it is like Andy McNabb books. You'll be all over it, Gal. You're going to jizz in your pants. You're going to be Jerry. Okay, so thanks again for joining us this week with The Guard, one of our favourite films, and sitting Wait, third. what's next week? What's next week? Hang on. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, it's coming. So uh, The Guard is sitting third on the ladder, but there's every chance that next week it gets bumped off because we are delving into Swayze territory with Roadhouse. Yeah, straight to Roadhouse. Straight Can't wait to for Roadhouse. this. So we've... We've tried to be a little artistic and a little uppity with the guard, and we are straight back into our roundhouse with Roadhouse. Nice. Who's doing I like Stan that. Bush? I like Who's that. doing Stan Bush for Roadhouse? I am. I'm doing it. Gow's up for Roadhouse. This awesome. will be good. Mido, yeah. this will be Crush very. It. Yeah. It's going to be plenty of stats in it. Yeah. That's for sure. Be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, well done, boys. Another good episode, I think. We will see you next week for Roadhouse. We're very excited. And from the panic room, this is Whitey signing out. So farewell. Thanks, everybody. Looking forward to next week. Speak to you then. See you, cunt. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.